0: It's
1: the next level. Hmm? Ah! Why are you so
0: angry, John? Because you're cheating. You and your people. Communicate with the outside world whenever you want to. You, You come and go as you please. You use electricity and running water and guns. You're a hypocrite. A Pharisee. You don't deserve to be on this island. If you had any idea... What this place really was? You wouldn't be putting chicken in your refrigerator. You've been here 80 days, John. I've been here my entire life. So how is it that you think you know this island better than I do? Because you're in the wheelchair, and I'm not.
2: Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost, Revisited, as we continue along with our journey into the third season of the series. I am one of your hosts, Ben.
3: And I'm Kristen. This week, we dive deeper into season three, this time with episode 13 the man from Tallahassee. I just want to go on record and say that there is a word missing from our agenda here in this week, Dive Deeper. And I think that's why we always go off the rails when we open up this show.
2: yes but the fa- but i mean the thing is how often do we actually follow the agenda like it's
3: i'm just telling you i think it's your fault that with this that this is the way that it is
2: i'll take the blame for it i was the one that edited it this week it's fine <laughs> it's my fault it's totally my fault
3: yeah but I've, the, the amount of times that we don't look at this i'll bet that that's been there the whole time
2: i, I, I think it is because i haven't touched that part of the agenda probably in weeks <laughs> I just love the fact that our agenda, for those of you that don't know, the agenda is basically like our script of the the main points of the podcast, like our introductions, the feedback, stuff like that. And when we first started this podcast, 50 one episodes ago, it used to say like, oh, here's the who we have the feedback from and everything else. This agenda used to be like, I think like two and a half pages. It's now down to one page and it's completely bare bones. I like I'm surprised it doesn't just say like uh, Ben, Kristen, intro, intro, uh, talk episode, <laughs> close out podcast.
3: Talk episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You sound like Kevin from from uh, the office. Me talk. <laughs> No, why?
2: <laughs> but I'm surprised Heck. that's not. I'm surprised that's not what our agenda has become at this point. It's, <laughs> it keeps shrinking every week. It's like, do we really have to say, like, I'm Ben and I'm Kristen? We know who we are.
3: Well, so. it's for anybody that wants to listen and say, who is this person that I need to trash on social media? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's that's pretty accurate.
3: What um, was your name, Kristen?
2: Fiddle faddle. Garbage.
3: Garbage. <laughs>
2: And you know what? I, I don't want that to sound like we get a ton of criticism because we really don't.
3: I mean. Oh, I don't care. It's fine. No.
2: <laughs> we Don't get me wrong. We love the reviews when you leave them on app, on <laughs> iTunes and Apple and Google and all that fun stuff. We love them. Uh, they definitely help out the podcast. If you want to leave us feedback, please do. Um, just know that if it's incredibly uh, criticizing us, uh, we don't care. <laughs> Well, we're going to continue to do things the way we the way we have fun to do it.
3: Yeah, I I actually it's I stopped. I stopped reading reviews uh, back when I was doing my Game of Thrones podcast because it got so toxic and horrible that I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't good for my heart just because people are so mean. And I, I understand that, you know, you want to leave your opinion and you want to, you know, get your your own voice out there and i think that that's great. um you know i just think it's also really important to know that that there are people that you're talking about, you know? and whether it's nice or mean or whatever, like thank you so much for actually taking the time to to go and review us. i mean that that just that's really kind, but then then you're not kind. <laughs> well, i don't I mean, know what and, that- the, and i don't know what the reviews say honestly. Honestly, God, I've never read one review for this uh, yeah, podcast.
2: I'm I'm the one that reads them. Um, yeah. and, I mean, and all I'll say is like, look, if you do have an issue with something that we're doing, um, there are ways to tell us constructively. And that just doesn't go for this podcast. That goes for any podcast like podcasters, yeah. you know reviews are a lot of work. It is. It's, it's a lot of work. You can't make everybody happy all the time. And that's something as a podcaster, you have to realize, And, and not just as a podcaster, as anything that you do, whether it be actor, uh, you know, radio host, artist, anything, you can't make everybody happy all the time. It's never going to happen. So if this goes to everybody, not just for our podcast, but if you're reviewing anything, like it could be a product made on Etsy or something, if you have criticisms, leave them constructively because there is a lot of work that goes into doing things like this. You don't have to be mean about it. There are definitely yeah. there are definitely reviews that we've gotten of people who said like, hey, love the podcast. Here's something you could probably do a little different. I love that. Constructive yeah, criticism me too. is amazing. Yeah. So just don't be like, oh, you guys don't know what the <clears> hell you're <throat> talking about and blah, 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 blah. If you got that to say, just don't say it at all. It's, you know, leave it alone. Leave that shit yeah, at home. That's
3: that's like what I tell my kids, you know. I'm like, just don't don't say anything to anybody that you wouldn't want them to say to you. Exactly. You know? Like think about think about that. Like a big thing in our house is words matter. Like we say it so much that I can see my kids when they're when they're older saying, Oh let's make fun of mom. Words matter, words matter, you know, like that's how often I say it. Um and I think that I think that words do matter. You know, I mean, look, I'll I'll talk shit like the best of them, but um I don't know. I I don't ever feel good after I do it unless somebody really deserves it. And then I'm like, yeah, let's talk shit about them like right now. Well,
2: <laughs> You know, that's like something we were talking about before we were prepping to. And I apologize. We've already gone off topic, but it's it's fine. Um, <clears throat> again, it's something that we like to do. So we're going to continue to do it. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you and I talk shit about each other, but we don't do it behind each other's backs. Like we we totally. No, never. totally if we have shit to talk about one another, it's all it's always all in good fun for starters. Um, and we totally do it right to each other. It's completely fine.
3: Yeah. I mean, somebody actually asked me, and, and we talked about this when we before we started recording. Somebody asked me, uh, does Ben know that you're saying this about him? I go, not only does he know it, but I'm going to text him and let him know that I'm saying this right now because I, I, I don't like the fact that you think that I'm not being on the up and up And I here. think my response
2: was like, oh, that's fun. Why don't you tell them about this too? <laughs> you know, I join in on the fun and it's just... <laughs> and that's what it should be so you know uh you know bottom line we we appreciate the reviews while kristen doesn't read them i definitely do um if you have something to say please like send it to us and let us know and if you have criticisms that's fine just leave them to us constructively don't be a dick mm-hmm. and this is where the and this is where the the more you know star pops up
3: <laughs> the more uh, you know
2: we... <laughs> exactly I wish I would have had that set. If I knew we were going to be doing this, I would have brought that sound effect. In.
3: Yeah, but we, but you know, you right. never know what's going to happen in uh, the Ben and Kristen Radio Hour. Exactly. We did think of um, we did think of a good new podcast, though. Oh, well, we're we'll going to talk tell
2: about them it about at it by the end. end. Yeah. Yep. Because it's going to be po- awesome. Yes, our new our next new podcast is going to be amazing. Um, just from the name alone, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just fantastic. Well, let's
3: let's let's get back on track for this podcast. What do you say, yes, my friend?
2: <laughs> let's do that. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with this podcast, uh, welcome. But as you, we have to let it known. This is a spoiler full podcast. You will hear us talk about things that have happened in the past of the series, as well as things uh, yet to come when it comes to the series as well. Because this is a rewatch podcast, so you're you're going to hear things that have already happened. Uh, but with that being said, season three, episode 13, The Man from Tallahassee, this is probably one of, if not my favorite episodes from season three.
3: Really? Yes. I would very much like to hear why.
2: Well, it's it's a John Locke episode. I mean, like I, John Locke's episodes are are fantastic and. Going into this episode, like one of the main reasons, just a quick sum up before we do the breakdown as to why I love this episode, is there are two things that really stand out to me, especially in having watched this episode twice again. One, we finally get the reveal of John's backstory, of why he is paralyzed. That's true. And the way it's done, I think, is kind of brilliant. We'll, We'll get into that. But also at the same time, the show kind of got away a little bit since last season. Or, not since last season, since the beginning of this season. It, it took a short break of the manip- manipulation of Ben. And this week, we are right back to it. This episode shines a light so bright on how much of a master manipulator Ben truly is. And I love it so much. Like, this is the episode that really finally starts to build that dynamic of John and Ben. We got it earlier, especially a little bit last season. We get it so much more from this point forward.
3: Yeah, I can see that. I I do remember watching this episode the very first time just because of the way that John was um, injured. Um, Because I was shocked. I I did not expect Mm -hmm. that at all. And I love it when television gives you something that you don't expect.
2: Well, I mean, and you know what? I'm just going to dive into that now. Please do. um, Of the brilliance of that. Because, you know, we've gotten a number of different flashbacks of John Locke. And every time, it's always been alluded to. And there was even one, I think, where he was in a car accident. And we were wondering if that was how he ended up paralyzed and he wasn't. And they've done so well so far as to, like, giving us these little hints and, like, teases that maybe this is how John got paralyzed. Maybe this is how he got paralyzed. Right. And... You know, it got to the point where it became so monotonous to us as viewers that we finally kind of just gave up and been like, you know what, eventually, you know what, eventually they're going to reveal it. Let we'll just wait it out. We're not going to play with these teases anymore. And then this week, the story is so intensive with him, you know, re confronting his father, and you know, the death of, um, oh God, I can't remember the character's name now. Um, the, the the woman's son That when it does happen It comes out of Peter fucking, Talbot That's it It comes out of fucking nowhere Like it was something you were not Like because you're so drawn into the story Of him confronting his father again In that suite mm-hmm. That when he turns around and pushes him out the window You are taken totally by surprise And I thought that was so brilliant Of the writers to do it that way
3: yeah, I would agree with that. Well, you know, and that's that's a, a, an issue that I had with this episode. <clears throat> Just a little issue is that I feel like like Locke is a little lost right now. And this really shows, like, why he's as lost as he is. Like, he, you know, he always seems to have this direction that he's going into, you know. And he's got all this faith in, in – what he's doing on the island he he seems like he's really steadfast. You know, he's had like his um his doubts of course mm-hmm. over the last 3 seasons, but you know, he's more or less pretty much on the same path, right? He really believes that he's supposed to be on this island. And I I he seems so overconfident in this episode. He doesn't he doesn't have the usual um caution that that he does you know uh, he always he observes and he looks and and he makes his move later and his moves always seem to be like almost calculated um and this time he was so tunnel visioned on getting to ben and finding this submarine and blowing it up he left his friends to be captured he left himself open to be manipulated from ben um And that's kind of the tunnel vision that we see in this flashback, right, where he's so intent on getting revenge on his father that he doesn't see how dangerous his father really is.
2: I can. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, you're right, because by the moment from the moment he found out about this submarine, he he just had he was on a quest that this submarine needed to go.
3: But he didn't tell anybody that that's what he was going to do. I mean, Kate and Saeed could have gotten killed, for all we know.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. He throws caution to the wind. He doesn't care about himself or anybody else for that point. But I mean, see,
3: that goes directly against him acting as leader after Echo uh, after Echo died. And don't do it. Okay, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, after he died, and he comes back to the beach, and he decide, and and he assumes that leadership role that Jack uh, had left open from his absence, and he was really, he was really kind of coming into his own as this inclusive leader, as somebody who really valued other people's opinions and whatnot, and then all of a sudden he like throws it all away just to blow up a submarine, and it's like. I don't know. It just, it didn't connect for me. Well, it's, it's, it, it seemed like a real it, departure from the evolution of his character over this season.
2: And I definitely see that. I mean, it's one of those things that you're right. He he started making this evolution of this character, and it seemed to have changed and a, and like a switch was flipped the moment he met Mikel. Yes, yes. You know, and...
3: Uh, I mean, he started lying to Saeed, and he, it you know, it just d- d- doesn't sit well with me, of course, but... I mean, I enjoy the ride of Lost, so it's fine. Well, it's,
2: and it's also interesting too that one of the other notes that I have, and I have very few notes, like I, I'm kind of winging this episode like you did last time. Um, but uh, Every week. It, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the evolution of this podcast too is instead of like pages and notes, now we're just kind of like bouncing off ideas and it works out great. But one of the things I did make a note of too is that it's, it's very interesting that we almost see that change in dynamic just in this episode alone. Because as we see them, as we see Locke, Saeed and Kate standing outside of uh, outside of the compound, you know, and Kate wanting to rush in headlong. And, you know, John's kind of the voice of reason in that moment. You know, he says, like, look, the first moment I met Jack, he was helping rescue people from a plane. You know, if yes, that was so good. He's in there. I'm sure he has a reason why. You know, in that moment, we got a glimpse of that leader. Locke that you alluded to because he is the voice of reason like he's the one calming Saeed down and then it turns out this was all part of Locke's plan to begin with
3: yeah but that's what I'm saying like he has that really good little uh, mini speech and he, he makes total sense and it turns out that that is actually true right but then he leaves his friends in the dust and he goes off on his own little side mission. And that's just uh, it's bullshit. I don't know. It, I just
2: I had a little bit
3: of an issue with it. That's all.
2: I can see it. I mean, it's it you know, he even lies to Kate and Saeed, too. And he's like, you know, like, you know, I'll i will approach from this side. Saeed, you approach from this side. Kate, you go in the front or you go in the back, um, you know, and lies to Kate and says, like, no, it's better if he sees you first, which. Granted, that's probably true of the three of them. It is probably best that, Kate, that Jack sees Kate first because he has the biggest connection with her. But when he sends Sayid and Kate off, he doesn't even stick to his own plan to go off, I like know. you said, and do his own thing.
3: So he left... Well, that that—that that was my point, right? He left yes, them to be yeah. captured for his own tunnel vision, just like he had that tunnel vision when it, when, uh, it came to his father.
2: Yes. Which yeah.
3: ultimately got him...
2: Thrown, thrown out, out an eight
3: story window.
2: Yeah. Um. There's something very interesting about that to the follow up to that. And this is kind of jumping to a different topic, but still sticking with that's OK with, with John. Um, there's that moment when he is in the hospital and those government agents are, are talking to him and, you know, letting them know they can't find his father. There's that moment when the orderly comes in and says, you know, like we need you know, you're going to you're going to get up. And John says, I can't do that. The orderly looks at him and says, I don't want to hear what you can't do.
3: I picked up on that, too. That's one of my notes as well. Yeah, Yeah.
2: like this is the beginning of the whole don't tell me what I can't do. I think it stems from that orderly. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think It's the orderly that actually kind of instills that in him. And that is what creates John's stubborn nature of don't tell me what I can't do. But. You know, before that moment, John was like, no, I can't do this. Um, And Mm -hmm. I want to say bravo to Terry O'Quinn because he I'm not paralyzed. You're not paralyzed. I know people who have been in similar situations. That whole moment of him realizing that he is trapped in that wheelchair and breaking down. Mm -hmm. He captures that so well. Yeah. I like I can't imagine what that is like for somebody going through that situation of realizing like my life is completely different now. Like
3: it's funny because I've had two epidurals now uh from babies. So that numbs you from the waist down. Mm. So it's weird cuz I know what it kind of feels like to lose your feeling from the waist down. Like Pretty much, most most moms probably do that have had an epidural, um, and it's a odd odd feeling. I I can imagine,
2: you know. So, bra-
3: I don't know what I would do if, if if that was my life. I guess is the point. I would be like, Whoa. that's what I
2: mean. Bravo to Terry O'Quinn for cap- for capturing Absolutely. that moment um, the way that he did when when he acted that out. So, um, so what about you? What's something else that you kind of want to? bring up to talk about this episode.
3: Um, okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um I wanna talk about Jack for a little bit. So Jack is real interesting in this episode because I felt first of all, when I first saw him um in this episode, I realized I I I felt the show even without him is is a full show. The cast is so good and the story is so rich that I didn't feel like we had a a void um with Jack being gone for a couple of episodes. Um and you know, I look, my feelings about Jack are very are very uh, known, but at the same time, you know, I just I I didn't I, I I don't know. Like I watch Walking Dead, right? Michonne leaves for a couple of episodes, and I'm like, when are we bringing her back? I need her back. You know, Rick Grimes leaves the show, and you're like, oh my gosh, there is a massive hole in this show. And you know, they've they've righted the ship, and it's a lot better. Blah blah blah. But um, but I didn't get that feeling. And maybe it's because we took a holiday break. I'm not really sure. But I just when when he and then he came back and he just seemed to only be thinking about himself. Um, You know, he, he was going to leave the island. Um, I mean, if they hadn't gotten there when they did, he probably would have left the island. And knowing that there was no way that he would have come back, I just, it, to me, it just seemed really, really selfish that, I mean, who knows? I, I, do you think that he would have tried to, Find the island again and get them saved?
2: I do. Um and I, I do have a little bit of a difference of opinion on that because there Please, is that yeah. moment there is that moment with with him and Kate where he says, like, you know, I I'll get help and I'll bring help back. I don't think I don't have any I don't think there's a doubt in my mind he would have. I think he would have, and I think that's part of the hero complex that Jack suffers from. Is I absolutely think he would have done everything he could to find a way back to that island. Look at, you know, looking ahead into the future, look at what he goes through with the whole we have to go back issue once he's, be, once he's one of the Oceanic Six. He's mm-hmm. literally flying every day in hopes that, that, that the plane he's on will crash back on that island so he can get yeah. back. I have well, no doubt in my mind if he got off that island he would have done everything he could to get back and rescue everyone else. That's, that's my opinion on everything.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, I respect that. I I don't know. I just, I got this really strong feeling of selfishness in this episode. Like I just don't think he was, excuse me, thinking about others. And maybe he was, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really like, wishy-washy on Jack right now, because I just didn't really feel like he had a lot to do. Maybe it's that he didn't have a lot to do. Maybe I just need Jack back in the fray.
2: Well, I do get your point. Um, There's two separate points to be made to this. One, I think I kind of see it a little bit different, as in Jack is making a sacrifice to... um, you know, in joining these guys to, in order to get off the island so that he can r- get everybody rescued. He sees this as a way that he can do it. But at the same time, I do see exactly where you're coming from with Jack and this cast being so flushed out and so put together that let's say this season had played out differently and Jack had gotten off the island. I think the show would not have suffered if for the rest of this season, Matthew Fox wasn't a part of it and he returned next season. Like found and a see, way to do See, I also
3: feel but I, I feel that I feel that way like if Locke left or if Sawyer left or it like I, I feel like even if one of these main characters leaves, it's not it doesn't
2: hurt the show. Well, I mean yeah, that just goes to your that just goes to further your point about how strong the cast really is. Like they've done a great job of building up these characters so well on their own and there's so many of them that ha they're at this point in time. There's no main character. They're all supporting characters.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that think that it's Jack Locke and Kate, but you know, there could be a case to be made for the fact that it is a truly ensemble cast.
2: It is. It absolutely is. Um, so when
3: I say Jack Jack could lift right out of the show, I, don't, I mean I, don't I mean that with, that with Yeah, yeah I am but I I don't mean it as in I hate Jack. I mean it as in it it's he's not he doesn't keep the show chugging along. None of them do. Yeah. Right. The the show's got so many stories. I mean, Locke's backstory and the reason why he was there to was you know a better story than Jack leaving the island and playing piano and talking to Kate.
2: Well, and and you're right. This is one of the first flashbacks that we've gotten in a while that has been this strong. Like that has actually yeah, kept uh, me engaged. Hmm. You know, some of the other ones, you're just kind of be like, OK, can we just flash back to the island now like and, and continue that story? But you're right. This mm-hmm. this is the first week in a while where the flashback was so was super strong and I was incredibly mm-hmm. engaged. And I, I just want to say on that note, too, uh, I completely forgot he was in this episode. But Peter Talbot was um the actor. Patrick Adams. Uh, love him from the TV show Suits.
3: Oh, I never uh, I've never seen that show.
2: Oh God, Suits is one of my favorite USA shows with the exception of like Psych and Burn Notice. But- um, <laughs> So it's your third favorite. It's, n- no, it's in my top three. They, they're, in no, <laughs> they're in no particular order because all three of those shows are- com- one's, a, one's a comedy about a detective, one's about a spy, and the other one's about uh, lawyers. They're completely different shows, but they're in my top three. But Patrick Adams, I had completely forgot, appeared in this show, even just for this episode so I, it was nice seeing him pop up it was it was nice to see another friendly face
3: yeah I like it when um, they have they have um, actors that you're like oh my gosh that person goes on to do like some really amazing things like Cudlets was, was in just a gonna, yeah. couple of episodes right when Cudlets <laughs> yeah. shows up I get really excited <laughs> and like, I, don't think, I
2: don't I think I think we see him again in the final season too I think he's part probably. of the flash I think he's part of the flash sideways
3: probably that um, seems right
2: in the scene with, uh, Je- with John and his father, did you happen to notice what they were drinking?
3: Oh, yeah, no. But I, I like
2: how you inhaled like you were ready to agree with me and you're like, oh, no, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were, you were going.
3: going somewhere different.
2: Um, <laughs> no, they're, they're drinking the McCutcheon whiskey.
3: Oh, yeah. Which the really is, expensive stuff. Which
2: is the same stuff that um, I believe uh, Jin's or son's father had. Uh, and um, Charles Whitmore was drinking the Desmond. Yep. Yes.
3: And that Desmond was drinking on the beach with Hurley and Charlie.
2: And I think it's also the same whiskey that he was loading into the back of the... Oh, no, that was wine. Never mind. That was something different. When he was at the monastery, I think that was wine. I
3: thought you were... I thought you were going to say um, what Locke was watching on television with
2: his TV dinner. I didn't. Is it something special? I didn't even. Is he watching expose? He was watching expose. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even pick up on that. (laughs) How how do how do we know it's expose? They never show the, the television screen, do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, damn it. I missed
3: that. Well, you know, I, I think the reason why you missed it is because his apartment is so filthy that it's hard to get past. Like when Sam Talbot comes in and he starts making the instant coffee for both of them, I Peter felt Talbot. like I could. What did I say? Sam. Oh, yeah, because he's a chef I really like. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Talbot is a, is a chef that I really like. Uh, Yay. Anyways, <clears throat> um. So when Peter Talbot comes in and he's making the coffee, I swear I could smell the apartment. It just looked so <laughs> gross. It looked so gross that I couldn't like think about anything else while watching that scene. I have a smell issue. I like it like out anybody that comes into my house and anybody that's been to my house will tell you that this is true. If you walk into my house, I go, "Does my house smell bad?" Does it smell bad in here? Because you don't live here. So I I need to know, like, do do I need to do something about the smell of the
2: house? (laughs) I'm
3: obsessed with it.
2: (laughs) It totally makes sense, though. Um, I mean, that you would be that way about it. Um, Not to say, like, your house smells at all. I'm getting way ahead of myself and I'm I'm losing myself in this conversation. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that scene now to see if it's well, not to see if you're true but to actually see it for myself that he's watching expose that's amazing
3: yeah so he (laughs) is watching expose and he's eating a really horrible tv dinner and his and his apartment smells bad and then yeah peter talbot shows up and they drink disgusting instant coffee that my grandparents used to drink
2: Mm. yeah i I never had instant coffee and i don't plan on ever having instant coffee (laughs) so um
3: yeah so it the the trivia I just pulled it up it says this episode drops several hints about the next episode expose oh. Locke watches expose on television and an ad for court forty five cult forty five featuring Billy d williams, Billy d. williams <laughs> appears in the background
2: yeah that's awesome i'm I'm definitely gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to see that um okay so I'm trying to think of the next points um i wanted to make so let's i want to see oh wait before go ahead
3: well well, i just read something in the trivia that i thought was really awesome it says anthony cooper adam seward is an anagram for sawyer the con man a poor dad
2: what i love when they do shit like that i do too
3: (laughs) sorry i i saw that i saw that i go oh i have to say it right now
2: yeah before you forget (laughs) about it like that's that's amazing. Um, oh, I'm, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That we oh, do end. Well, no, the not. Well, we'll get to that. No, but there's a, something else in the trivia too that I'm reading as well that I completely forgot about. And I kind of touched base on last week and I didn't exactly know how the two of them connected and that this is it. I mentioned last week about how Jacob has been a part of everybody's life before they even went to the island like he's the one that handed Sawyer the pen that he wrote the note to the con man. You're talking about The Fall. The Fall. I forgot about yeah. that. Is mm-hmm. it, we won't see this until season 5, but after Locke falls out the window, Jacob is the first person to approach him and touch him.
3: And he lives. And he
2: survives. Like that's mm-hmm. the, and it, that again that goes into my point I made last episode was that of how Jacob was a part of their lives even before they made it to the island. Everybody was touched by Jacob before they made it to that island, Mm -hmm. you know, which I God, I love that shit.
3: Yeah, I well, I like it when Jacob shows up, too. I think that a lot of um, a lot of puzzle pieces start kind of falling into place once Jacob shows up. And I, I like the character, Jacob.
2: I do, too. I like the the actor that plays Jacob as well. Yeah, um me too.
3: Anytime I see him anywhere else I'm like, "Hey, it's Jacob." Well,
2: I fi- <laughs> I find it funny that in, in in uh in Lost he plays Jacob, which is like a godlike character, and in and in uh mm-hmm. Supernatural he was literally uh he was the devil. So,
3: oh, I I've never seen yeah, Supernatural. So he's
2: played both sides of of that story of the of the religious spectrum. Um so here's my question to you. With Everything that goes on, do you think that and this is kind of diving into a point we started we kind of we kind of already talked about where you said, like, had John not showed up and blowed up the submarine, you know, and Jack gotten off the island. Do you think Ben would have still let Jack get not gotten off the get off the island Um, had John not showed up or do you think Ben would have found another way to prevent Be- uh, Jack and Juliet from leaving?
3: Oh, that's a good question.
2: What do you think? I think Ben kind of let everything play out because he has such a faith in things that are are going to happen that I think. uh, But then again, I don't know. I, I think Ben is such again, I think he's such a manipulator. I think he would have found a way to prevent it. But when John shows up and he realizes why John is there. He sees that as his out, because like even in that moment when Jack and Juliet come into Ben's apartment and or Ben's house and and, you know, Jack says, I know you don't owe me anything, but I, you know, I want to let my friends go. There's that moment where you see it in Ben's face when he's like, you have my word. The moment you leave the island, your friends are free to leave knowing full well.
3: Well, you knew
2: that. Yeah, he knew at that moment what John's plan was. And they were never getting off the island, so he could make that deal right. and not go back on his word.
3: Right. Well, and that's and that's just like he said. Um, he told Jack, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're, you're gonna get off Hydra Island. Like, I, I promise, I'll let you leave this island." And Jack didn't know that there were two islands at the time.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: You know, so he's very pedantic. That Ben.
2: But yeah, he. But I mean, like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, he is not right. He is not stupid at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, and that's why, and that's one of the reasons why he is one of my. I mean, I know he is a master manipulator. He's evil. Um, and but he's so complicated and he's so intriguing that that is why he is still to this day one of my favorite characters of the series. Because I'm Mm -hmm. always, I
3: mean, no, he's a very good character. I'm
2: always intrigued by what he's going to do and what he's going to do next. And his character has such a dynamic arc because by the end of the, by the end of the series, you know, and this is jumping literally to the series finale when everybody's outside of that church. And there's that moment where he says, no, I'm, I'm just going to stay here because he realizes he's not, he, he does, he doesn't deserve to move on with everybody else. Like, I love that moment with him because you actually feel you feel something for him at that point. Mm. I did. I did. (laughs) You know, for somebody to realize that on his own, like he could have very easily still gone into that church and moved on, even if he didn't deserve it.
3: Yeah, you're right.
2: You know, but for somebody to realize himself like, no, I'm good where I am. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, because he knows he doesn't deserve to move on. That's such a clarity and intelligence in one person. Uh, yeah, you know,
3: I like it when people are self-aware.
2: And even in the, and I won't jump into too many spoilers, but I'll let's let's just say um, the moment with um, with him witnessing Alex. Okay, like, God, so, my heart sank for him.
3: So I, I'm glad that you said this because I wanted to say like one of my favorite parts of this episode was. Saeed and Alex's very small exchange uh, where Saeed put these seeds of doubt into Alex so deftly um, to the point that, you know, he got a nice kidney shot for it um, because he had, you know, he had revealed something to Alex that people have kept from her. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he said, "I, I, I I loved it that he's like, you look so much like your mother. And she's like, my mother's dead. And he says, oh, is that what they told you? And it's like, that's earth shattering for a teenager, right? I mean, for an adult, that's just like, you're crazy or something like that, right? But and then later, you know, it it goes, people can let that sink in. But for Alex, I think that she immediately knew that he was telling the truth, you know? I don't know. What do you think?
2: No, I agree with that. I think there was a part of her that kind of instantly realized that, yeah, like, you know, when 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 she says she, to she Said, looks nothing
3: like, like her dad.
2: <laughs> I know she doesn't. And, it, you know, it's it's almost interesting, too, because there are those moments when when John brings Ben out of the bedroom and they're walking through the living room and and Ben is staring at the pictures of Alex on the wall. I think there's even a moment of clarity on from Ben's side where I think he's starting to realize this secret might come out now like the fact that
3: he didn't think that that it would come out at some point with her mother on the actual island I I just it's it's beyond me,
2: yeah, but I mean I think he's I think he comes to a moment of realization and clarity when he's staring at those pictures like she's not going to be my daughter much longer like mm-hmm. this secret's going to come out like he's reflecting on the time cuz I, I there's no doubt in my mind that he he loves alex like you know even though she's not his daughter i have no doubt that he raised her as a daughter and he loves her like a daughter even though he's willing to sacrifice her for the cause in, in which ends up happening um it kind of backfires on him and that happens, but there's still no doubt in my mind that he loves Alex, but I think you're right. I think in that moment when Saeed tells uh, Alex that, you know, she looks like her mother, I think she believes him. I think there's something in, in his eyes that she sees and, um, she instantly believes him that he's telling the truth.
3: Poor Saeed, he had to sit outside too. Everybody else got to go inside and they put poor Saeed outside at the playground. With yeah. two guards. I mean, Kate didn't even get two guards.
2: And Kate's probably just as dangerous as Saeed.
3: <laughs> right?
2: Let's, let's, let's be realistic. Saeed's dangerous. Kate's probably just as dangerous.
3: Yeah, she's Kate's, gotten herself out of some sticky situations.
2: And Kate's probably at that point now where it's... Like she's she's literally feeling the point where she's got nothing left to lose. Right. You know, because she's got nobody, um, you know, with the exception of Sawyer, who's still sitting on a beach reading a book. um, You know, she's got nothing left to lose at this point. So Kate's just as dangerous. I do find it very interesting in that moment with Mr. Friendly, Kate and Jack. Um, And this is one of the reasons why I actually like Mr. Tom Friendly's character is when he. You know, when he says to Kate, I didn't think I'd see you again this soon. And he lets Jack in the door. It's really interesting when he says to Jack, be careful and points to his ears as in like people are listening. Right. Like, why would you let Jack in on that if you didn't if if there wasn't a little bit of good to your character?
3: Well, I love Tom Friendly. I think that he is a good man when it comes down to it.
2: I do, too. I think he's just following orders. You know, I don't think he, he's a nefarious character. I don't think there's anything evil about him. I think he's, think he's just literally one of those men that were recruited to the island, as Jack, as Bennett said, and he's literally just doing what he's told. You know? Yeah, I agree. And the fact that he's playing football with Jack, like I feel like he probably has become friends with Jack at this point. Like, mm-hmm. o- otherwise, why are you playing football with him?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, there's definitely, I think that most of the people there are probably all of the same, you know, kind of generally good-natured, you know, people that are there. You know, there's just a few, there's a few zealots, and then there's Ben, who is kind of a puppet master for for everything else, you know, and maybe the bulk of them are unaware of even how deep that manipulation um
2: Goes. Oh, I, gar- I, don't know. I guarantee you most of them probably don't know, you know, how how deep that goes and, and how much of a manipulator Ben really is, you know, because they probably they probably just are living there thinking they're doing what they were recruited to do.
3: Right, exactly. And they have no idea that, you know, they're stuck there forever on that island. Yeah,
2: or they will be at that point well actually no you're right Mm -hmm. at that point they they kind of they're not stuck there yet they can still get off but they'd never come back
3: right well at the end of this episode that that kind of you know (laughs) that changes yeah i don't know if you can hear anything in the background here but my cat has found a pencil
2: (laughs) (laughs) i can hear it but it's fine
3: okay (laughs) he's he he's already fallen out of the window um, and he brought a pencil down with himself, and so, now he's so he
2: pulled oh, the John Locke.
3: He did, he did. Well, he fell out the other side of the window once, and I still have a broken screen from it. Uh, but this time he just fell out the window inside, so
2: that's good. <laughs> um, let's see. So, before we dive into that final moment, what else have you got? nothing nothing okay i'm i'm right there with you i think we've pretty much covered most of what i had for this episode um so yeah so that brings us into that final moment of uh, of the episode the magic box the magic box and in which we see richard alpert on the island for the first time
3: oh my gosh i'm so excited when i saw him that was actually in my notes i totally forgot <laughs> i I love that. I I love this character so much. I'm so excited that he's he's there. He's on the island. And we're going to get some more Richard Alpert. <laughs> yeah,
2: because I think we've only seen him one time before this. And that was in Juliet's flashback. Am I am I wrong about that? Or have we met uh, him before?
3: No, I think we've seen him one other time. OK, I can't tell you when, but I'm pretty sure we've seen him one other time.
2: OK. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. From I'm not too familiar. Um,
3: Let me look. Richard Alpert. Click. <laughs> this is very exciting for people listening. <laughs> this is very Think, exciting. First scene, not in Portland,
2: which was.
3: Uh, um, which
2: was um, how many
3: episodes that was Juliet's flashbacks. He was in season three. Let's see character appearances oh i love it when they make these little grids i don't know if you've ever seen them Mm. Uh, oh
2: yes yeah i know what you're talking about
3: episode eight was flashes before your eyes oh so episode 13 was man from tallahassee
2: so we've seen him twice it
3: looks like he was let me see what does the orange mean uh, orange means character appears in a flashback.
2: Okay, so we've seen him. So we've seen him twice at this so, point. Before before this point, yes, this is our third time seeing him.
3: Correct, um, season
2: two. No, this is only no. <clears throat> this is our second time seeing him. I'm looking at the grid right now. The first time was episode eight, which was not in Portland. And that was in a flashback. And then episode 13, which is this current episode, is when he appears on the island. This is our second time seeing Richard.
3: Episode eight is called Flashes Before Your Eyes.
2: I th- okay, so then I think the grid is incorrect.
3: Because, yeah, not in Portland <clears> was episode it, seven.
2: Which was Juliet's. It should have been episode seven, not episode eight. The wiki's, the wiki's incorrect. Um, because before your eyes, that was Desmond's flashback. He's not in Desmond's flashback. Um, Are we sure about that? Yes. Um, but yes, this is the, that was the, you're gonna die, Charlie episode. You're gonna die, Charlie. (laughs) Every time you say it, I feel like it's something that comes out of Willy Wonka.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with that.
2: (laughs) Um, but yeah, so this is the second time we're seeing Richard Alpert. Um, I love the whole Ben telling John like a picture, a box picture, anything you want and picture it being in that box. And John's reaction is, I hope you can picture a big, some another submarine, you know, (laughs) like what a smart ass. (laughs) I
3: do like that a lot.
2: Uh, but yeah, the man from Tallahassee is revealed to be John's father, Anthony Cooper. And he is very real and very on the island at that point. He, and, and he
3: looks very scared.
2: <laughs> and I I think almost kind of confused at that point as well. Um, Scared and confused. And I think those two kind of go hand in hand.
3: Yeah, I would say. Well, I mean, I don't know. Does he know that John lived through that, or does he think that,
2: I don't he think I don't think him. I don't think he knows if John lived through it or not because I think he probably immediately fled. I think he probably assumes that he killed John, and now not. I o- know who kills Anthony Ho- Cooper. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's a great episode. That's a fantastic episode. Yeah, um, I'm
3: really excited about that.
2: But yeah, I mean, I think not only is he seeing. John's still alive, but he's walking like he's normal. And I think that really brings a sense of confusion. Like even if he thought even if he knew John survived the fact that he's up and about and standing in front of him standing being the key word I'm sure confuses Mm -hmm. and maybe even scares the hell out of him.
3: Absolutely.
2: Which is great. So there's there's going to be the Anthony Cooper stuff though. I don't think happens until next season. The well with, with who kills Anthony, I think that's next season or maybe hmm. because I think that involves. Oh, no, it's not. I, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, we'll yeah. see.
3: I, I love it when we don't remember. It's fun. Yeah.
2: I think that is, I think that's still this season. So, um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I have for this episode. Yep. Me too. Um, I I saw another note on this too. I'm seeing this now in the reoccurring themes. Apparently there, and somebody, I saw this on another website too. Apparently there's a car that is in a lot of flashback scenes of John. Um, And it's a golden Pontiac. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Apparently, actually, I think it appears. Oh yeah. It appears in four different episodes. It appears in the episode where John is hit. Where, where John Locke is hit. Um, it appears, actually, it's the car that Kate hits when she crashes the car. Mm. It's the car that hits Michael. And it's also in the background of when Hurley crashes the Camaro in the n- premiere of next season. And it, it, dr- it also drives past the flower shop in this episode of The Man from Tallahassee. So oh,
3: I love it! I love little Easter eggs like that. So
2: there's a lot of. Um, you think it's Jacob? There's uh, the, well, apparently, uh, in an official in an episode of the official Lost podcast, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse claimed that they did not know about the golden Pontiac until they had read a question about whether it was significant. Then they joked that it was actually Jacob who could only take the form of a car when he was off the island. or
3: he was driving the car but he was driving the car yeah
2: (laughs) so you know yeah it's it could be jacob driving the car you know as as part of
3: let's just pretend that that's what it is because that sounds fun
2: yeah that is fun (laughs) um so how did we do this last week did we do feedback and then manifest or did we talk manifest first i think we talked manifest first I think we did too. So let's jump into this week's edition of Manifest Minutes. I don't think this is gonna take very long.
3: Yeah. Meow. Um, <laughs>
2: is, is, is that our sounder going into the next segment?
3: Yeah, it's a plane.
2: It's the plane flying over.
3: Yeah. Um, we're we're so, going from eight one five to eight two eight.
2: So you started with me last week. I'm gonna start with you last week. This is the second episode of the of the the um the show of the second season titled Grounded what were your thoughts on this second episode?
3: Um well, I I don't know. How's that? <laughs> okay. I don't look, I I loved the first season um or the first episode of the season. I thought it was really great. I thought it was a good setup. Um I was really excited. I there are tired tropes for me in television, and one of them is is the um the love triangle i think that we don't need it in this television show um i think that the bullheaded jealous ex is is tired and and old i think the fact that um they have this new captain who is willing to take uh, eyewitness testimony as fact from Jared and not from the actual victim of the incident. I think that that is just disgusting, especially since the, the captain is a woman and you know she's acting like the man's point of view is somehow more valid than the victim who is the woman. I think that that's really, really... Um, old fashioned. And I just don't think it's right. I think that having Jared, uh, Jared was struggling with the gun. Jared was, was there as somebody who was trying to, uh, no, not trying to somebody who was assaulting, uh, a Zeke, you know, he was, he was one of, one of the, um, assailants in, in this room. And the fact that she won't take the victim's eyewitness account, uh, even as it comes back, as we all know that that's a thing, you know, victims come back and they remember things from their um, assault all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just it shows it's bad, writing. I don't know if it's bad writing or bad character development or they're trying to make force this. This problem uh, with, you know, Michaela and Zeke and Jared, but I don't like it. It's just like last season when they did it with Ben and Grace and Danny. I hated it. You know, I just I think love triangles are old and we don't need them in television anymore. Um, So I had a big problem with that. I and uh, I have a really big problem with this captain and not because I think that she's mean or something like that. I just think that the character is dumb. Um <clears throat> and I'm sorry for the actress that plays her. I'm sure that she's doing a great job with the writing that she's been given, but it's just it it doesn't sit well with me um as as a woman it doesn't sit well with me uh other than that I'm really interested in what the turbulence means
2: I'm with you on in that. the show
3: yeah. um I'm interested in uh this whole idea that the callings are now transferable.
2: Yeah. Th- I think that's that interesting. Was a really interesting dynamic to the series of, of, of grace being able to have uh, the callings now because of uh, through the blood of the baby. Mm-hmm. But it also brings up another dynamic too of, and that, that they kind of explore in this episode is, does that mean that grace now also is the death date also transferable?
3: Um. Well, to the baby, maybe I don't think that Grace is going to have callings anymore once, once the she gives born. birth. Yeah. yeah, which also, you know, uh, that brings me to Olive and the fact that she's about to join this cult, and that's obviously going to go somewhere horrible. Um, you know, the fact that she's like, I'm the only one not getting the callings. I'm the un- blah, blah. Shut up. <laughs>
2: It's like, uh, do you uh, like I would feel happy that I'm not getting the callings. Like, uh, do you want that stress in your life of of having to deal with that? Like, you already see what your family is going through being the ones that have to deal with that and being the ones going through that. Do do you want to force that upon yourself?
3: How about the fact that she told that nutcase that she was. Uh, Olive Stone, daughter of Ben Stone, like she just put her whole family in danger just to get street cred with a stranger who she doesn't know when she knows that people are actively trying to kill her father and her aunt.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, the one thing I will say about Olive is I do completely understand the one fear that she has about like like her mother and the baby. Now, the possibility of, you know, it's not just the callings, it's the death date. In that if this death date is transferable, it means she's going to end up alone. I do understand that fear. You know, it means in five in five years, she's going to be alone. She's going to be by herself. No, she won't. She'll have her mom. Well, no, because if well, that's but again, she doesn't know that yet. She automatically has this fear that the death date is going to transfer to her mom, too. And if the baby is born, are the callings and the death date still going to stay with her mother for carrying the baby?
3: No, I absolutely, I think that that was the realest moment that she had. I thought that that was a really sweet scene. That was very genuine. Absolutely. But I don't see how we go from that scene with Cal, a very sweet scene, to her going to that
2: new believers church. Oh, I don't get that either. I I, I
3: think, I, I think it's. A- and exposing her family in such an irresponsible way. Yeah,
2: I think it's a little bit of a stretch, Um. Jumping back to your point, though, with Jared and Michaela, you're absolutely right. And it's something I didn't even really think about until you brought it up is that, you know, it it kind of makes me dislike Jared even more now. uh, Not just because you're right. Look, Zeke may have been the one that fired the gun and shot Michaela. Jared is as equally to blame for that happening as Zeke. Yes,
3: yet, if but, not more. He was there in Zeke's apartment to try and but hurt yet him. He, but originally. yet he has
2: taken none of the blame.
3: None of it. None. And he's acting so shifty and gross and terrible.
2: Yeah. I made I my know. prediction last season that the gun was going to go off um, in a struggle with between Jared and Zeke, and Jared was going to get shot, and we might have, uh, he might have died. Um, I'm kind of wishing now that happened
3: yeah i mean i don't like the way that this is playing out i really don't like the new captain i don't like the message that that we're sending to people that you know an, an assailant or um that that michaela's voice doesn't matter in her own assault i really don't like it i hate it actually i don't like the the woman against woman um dynamic i i think that that's also tired and old um And I really don't like the fact that Jared is seemingly getting away with with this.
2: I agree. I I just yeah, that's one of the things I I didn't like about everything now. And I'm, I'm starting to realize it even more as you're talking about it is like, again, the whole Jared not taking the blame of of any of this. Like, why wasn't he reprimanded for this? Like, why, like, why wasn't, like, why wasn't there an internal affairs investigation saying, like, why were you in this, this man's apartment?
3: Why were you yeah. there? Exactly. Why were you there? Because uh, any, totally.
2: Anytime any time there is an officer involved shooting, there is an internal affairs investigation. Every I, time.
3: I just want to, I just want to say, I just realized they were not in Zeke's apartment. They were in Michaela's apartment. So. But
2: even still, uh, an officer yeah. being shot, there is an internal affairs investigation. Um, Jared should, but Michaela
3: walks in. Yeah. Michaela walks in and she sees both of them in her apartment. That right there is a red flag. Hey, these two were already in my apartment before I even got home. Yeah. And yet, and yet this captain is like, eh, the Chuck's out. Michaela, you're stupid. Jared's (laughs) right.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and the fact of her going on with the whole, um, You know, like uh, you've solved too many in cases from anonymous tips. Who gives a shit how she solved the case? Right. The case was solved. I'm
3: sorry. So so you have more of a problem with this solved case than you do with Michaela's shooting. And That's what we're going to get out of this?
2: And not only that, but the one detective who you're backing between everything, which is Jared, you know, you ask him. Do you believe her? And he's like, yes, absolutely. So he's in that moment. He's actually backing Michaela. But yet you're still against Michaela after that. After the detective <laughs> that you just backed and you put all your faith into is backing her. You're still not on her side.
3: I know she like, has. a Maybe she's a plant by by the uh, the major. I don't know. But it's it's just it's too. She's just too antagonistic for me.
2: I can see it. I can definitely see it Uh, on a plus side, though, I will say one of the things I really did enjoy about this episode, and I really I'm glad this is the route they're going with this is I'm liking Ben and Michaela almost becoming the the mentors of the passengers Mm -hmm. and that we're going to get it seems like every week we're going to get them interacting with other passengers and they're dealing with the callings. Yeah, like the callings are not going to fall purely on Michaela and Ben this season. We're going to see everybody coming to grips with these with these callings and Ben and Michaela being the ones there helping them with it.
3: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And without Ben and Michaela there to help, um, TJ could have gone to jail for murder. Oh, he could have for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, so that's that's really great that, you know, that's all. And, and not only was he proved innocent, but he also got his mom back at the end, yes. which is really wonderful. Um, and I like the way that they kept us guessing on whether or not TJ really was on the up and up or not. Yeah, um, there
2: was a part of me that was wondering, maybe he really did do this. I, I
3: was the <laughs> same way. I was like, oh, you know what? It's true. Not all of them can be good. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some criminals there. You know, it was very, very well done.
2: But, you know, on, on, on another note, going back to Jared, too, like it was Michaela who, you know, came to the realization that like, hey, all this stuff that was in the apartment that had TJ's prints on it, you know, this this girl got out of the garbage. Jared, did you not in- do a big enough investigation to come to that realization on your own? Jared is not a good cop. He's not. He's really not. He's He's so. I think there was a part of
3: Jared go back to Lourdes and go try and make babies and just get out of the show. Thank you. I I think there was a
2: part of I think there was a part of Jared in that instance where he wanted to prove that these callings aren't always right. And he was so dead set on that that he completely just didn't care about the actual evidence. Um, you know, cause had Mm -hmm. you actually investigated and seen all these things in boxes? Yes. TJ's prints were all over the apartment. When I hear that, I'm thinking they're on the doorknob, they're on the bed frame, you know, whatever, not it's on junk in a box. Like that could have very easily been investigated and realized that came from somewhere else. (laughs) She could have bought that shit at a a thrift store and it had his prints on it like
3: really well and they say all over his apartment it's like does that report not say exactly yeah. where they found prints or you know what i mean like what what do you mean all over the apartment cuz i was of the same i was of the same uh thought that you are oh then they were on the doorknob and they were on the wall or the bed or whatever right not yeah. in
2: a box like seriously like you're a horrible detective and i think it was because he was just so blinded <laughs> yeah. that he wanted to prove that the callings aren't the answer they aren't the You know answer to everything and that these callings aren't always right and we're like totally
3: hating on jared i know
2: (laughs) and then and then i think he comes to that realization when they're in front of that captain and she's like you know she says to jared do you believe her and it's in that moment where it's actually a little respectful from jared where he says yeah i like i believe her i think he that's at that moment where he's like been he was like okay the calling helped like the calling was real
3: no, he's doing that to save his own ass. That too. Or, 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 or With Michaela, not his job, because apparently his job is stellar, according to the new, you know, doe eyed captain. But um, but he's trying to get back in good with Michaela. And so he doesn't care how that happens. Yeah, I believe her. Oh, I believe her. Oh, Michaela's the best. Yeah, I love Michaela. Michaela Michaela's wonderful. Detective Stone is great. Love her. You know, see, Michaela, did you see that I went to bat for you? Did you see that you still have a job because of me? Please, Michaela, I want you to forgive me. F- screw Zeke. Come on, Michaela. Look at me. I'm Jared. That 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 let you know, it, it's just
2: smarmy. M- meanwhile, his wife is nowhere to be seen.
3: I know. But I, I think that she's out of the show. They had a, uh, a I, Reddit. I said AMA. that last week. I,
2: uh, yeah.
3: Did you see the Reddit? Uh, I think I sent you the link to the Reddit. You did. AMA. And I,
2: I haven't had a chance to read it.
3: So there is an AMA on Reddit, and it is uh, Josh Dallas and one of the showrunners um, for Manifest. And they actually ignored a question. They ignored a couple of questions that I'm sure because they're like, we can't answer these, right? But they ignored one of the questions that says, "Uh, where's Lourdes? Is she not there anymore? (laughs) Have you written her off the show? Are we supposed to forget that Jared was married and that was never answered?
2: Well, yeah, cuz I think that's exactly the case. I said that last week. I think they're they're pretty much just going to write her off that he left her. And I think
3: Danny also might be getting I think we've seen the last of Danny.
2: I think so too. I mean, now that we've got confirmation that the baby is actually Ben's, I think you know, I I think that's the case too. I think that might have been the last we saw of Danny. We could be wrong, but again, we're only the second episode in. So That who the felt hell knows? final. What? Last
3: week's uh, last week's Danny scene that felt final.
2: Yeah, I I, I can see that too. So, any final notes on uh on this week's episode?
3: Uh, just that Sanvi is not being very smart about um about her medical research and this uh, therapist that she has.
2: Well, you can kind of understand it though because she doesn't know that this therapist is the major um yeah and but every- she's
3: going through all of these really big lengths to keep her um her research secret from one of her co-workers and you know locking the lab and making sure that everything's encrypted but then she's just going to therapy and spilling everything i mean that's just irresponsible but
2: there's also supposed to be a a element of doctor uh patient uh privilege and confidentiality so, I mean, when you go to therapy, you usually open up about a lot of things. I I just don't think she thinks otherwise. You know.
3: Maybe, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I just uh, she just seems really cavalier with her uh research findings when she's also really trying to keep those findings Uh, Under wraps
2: in her own medical community. Do you think there's something more to this other doctor? Yes, hundred percent. You don't think he's just somebody who's got a crush on Sanvi? You think there's something more to him? Yeah. Okay, I do too. I just don't know. I, I, I honestly, I think he's with Lance. I think he's an inside man with Lance. Vance. Vance. Sorry. Yeah.
3: I love him, by the way. I'm so glad he's back. Me
2: too. I'm so happy because now and again. And it was cool seeing him actually like because that's how the episode started with the explosion and everything. I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell happened? And then I realized it was a flashback to when, to mm. when Vance was supposedly killed and he wasn't. So. Um, all right. So. With that being said, that takes us to uh, feedback in which we have a bunch this week. Um, some of it is older. Um, I actually got a message from one of our listeners in which he actually sent us feedback back during uh, in November for Trisha Tanaka is dead, and we somehow missed it. It was in, a, I think it was an email, um, and we somehow missed it. So I'm going to read that first. So this is older feedback. This is going back to, you know, a couple episodes ago. Okay. Uh, and this is from uh, Jason Taboda. Uh, he says, hi, Ben and Kristen. I've been meaning to call a write-in for a while about season three of lost, but haven't had the time. Most recently, I wanted to let you know that all six seasons of G uh Giacchino's scores for lost are available as individual CDs. Uh, correct. That season three is only two discs. Uh, I have all six and I love his beautiful work. Cause I mentioned um, in an earlier episode about uh Giacchino's score. And, uh, now on to the writer strike feedback. I was surprised to hear that no one corrected that issue. The writer strike actually happened in the middle of season 4, not season 3, between Meet Kevin Johnson and The Shape of Things to Come. Oh, I didn't realize that. Ah. I thought it w- Thank you. I thought it was during season 3. Um, season 4 was supposed to be 16 episodes but got shrunk back to 12 or 13 if you count the finale as two episodes. Season 3 was meant to be broken was meant to be broken into two separate sections for a few reasons. Let's travel back. This is kind of long, but I'm going to read the whole thing anyway. Um, Let's travel back to season two. Most of that season aired with two or three new episodes followed by a few weeks of repeats and a few more new episodes followed by more repeats. Many viewers found this frustrating with the popularity of the show 24 at the time. Viewers wanted new episodes to run interrupted like 24. So the showrunners decided to have the fall premiere and a, and a pod of six episodes before the winter break and then return in the spring with the rest of the season uninterrupted. Okay. That makes sense. Um, In the downtime, they were negotiating with ABC execs for an end to the show. Uh, and Lindelof argued that they were stuck stalling the pace of the show as seen with the first six episodes stalled out on Hydra Island and bear cages and other episodes like strange stranger and expose meant to stretch out the season. Once they had a deal for shorter seasons and the end in sight that, with season six, they were able to correct the pace. I find that the end of season three really takes off, especially from the brig onwards. Oh, agree. And the brig that's the episode with Anthony Cooper. Okay. That's the, ep- that's the episode with Anthony Cooper and, and who kills him. Okay. Um, I loved hearing the Trisha Tanaka podcast this week. I was hoping for another week so I could get this one on time. Uh, Back in the day, I listened to a bunch of lost podcasts during the Dharma Dharma Liars. Uh, They did a running commentary episode with Jorge Garcia, watching Trisha Tanaka, Tanaka, which was hilarious. I got to see if I can find that. Uh, At the beginning, asking Jorge if he looked like the kid version of Hurley when he was growing up and his dad looked like Cheech. Quite silly. Uh, Randy Nation's timeline. Okay, this was something we had talked about before, too. Randy was a manager at Mr. Clucks. Hurley quit. Hurley bought Mr. Clucks and Box Company. Meteor hit Mr. Clucks or Meteorite. Hurley hired Randy at the Box Company. Randy harassed Locke just before Oceanic 815. So there was a period of time, a few weeks or months, between the destruction of Mr. Clucks and when Hurley decided to head to Australia. We'll see Randy again in the Oceanic 6 Camaro car chase scene. Uh, I know that was a lot, but that's all I have for now. Keep up the good work. This has been Jason in San Jose. Namaste.
3: Ah, thanks, Jason.
2: So yeah, apologies for for missing that a couple you know a couple episodes ago when we were talking about that. I I must have missed that in our email. Um, but yeah, thanks for clarifying a lot of that stuff, especially with the the writer strike and things like that. I was always under the impression that was when it was was in season three. So I I must have just had my timeline off a little bit. Uh, by a year apparently that's
3: okay yeah. we all make mistakes
2: uh so on to our voicemail feedback uh in which we have four uh we have two for lost and two for manifest uh our first piece of feedback comes from our friend gemma um and
3: uh yeah this
2: is actually about last week's podcast par avion so I haven't li- I haven't listened to this she maybe she talks about man from Tallahassee I don't know We'll have to listen to find out, but here's the voicemail from Gemma.
1: Hi Ben and Kristen, uh, this is Gemma calling from South Wales. Uh, this is just quick before I forget, but I'm so sorry I haven't called in recently. But uh, I've been back to work, and uh, everything Christmas has just been crazy. So anyway, um, I'm just calling about feedback um, from the most recent um, episode you did on Paul Avion. Um, she's talking about the others and how there was two sets of others, and I totally agree with that. But my thoughts on it has always been that there were original others that Richard's people that walk around in the brown, you know, clothing and bare feet and whatnot, and they all live at the temple. And then it was Richard who approached Ben to get rid of the Dharma Initiative, and when Ben took over he sort of created his own group of others and kind of recruited people from, you know, elsewhere maybe and, you know, like people like Juliet, for example, were taken off from um, you know, from normal place and taken to to the island. So I kind of thought that's all always what it was. It was kind of then with his new band of others and Richard kind of with the and whoever the other guys at the temple are, you know, the Chinese guy and um you know his um the guy who works for him with the glasses i can't remember their names <laughs> i have to go back and we watch Lost. but yeah that's why i kind of always thought it was just kind of two groups but they both answered the jacob does that make sense that's my thoughts on that and um oh yeah mikhail he keep saying that he blew himself up with the grenade but he didn't. He he did that to Charlie, and then he s- manages to swim off. But he reappears later. Like he runs past Desmond when they've got oh god the girl from the freighter. I can't remember her name. Is it Natalie or something like that? Yeah, the one with the transponder and and mikhail is the one actually saves her life because she um was being punctured by a tree branch or something like that mikhail saves her and then for her life they let him run off into the jungle and that's as far as i remember i know that obviously later he is killed again and i think it's properly this time but i cannot remember what happens so sorry but yeah so he does not die when he blows up charlie um yeah. So that's my 50 cents. I'll probably I'll try and get feedback for uh, next week's episode as well. Oh, by the way, expose. I don't know where you guys have got from. I love that episode because I do not. <laughs> I just think it's crazy. And I'm glad to see the back of them. And I didn't want them to die horribly, but they were gone. But I'm very, very happy to come on the podcast and talk about it with you absolutely no problem if i have five minutes within my life <laughs> to do it but no i would love to do it so thank you very much for that but i do not like that episode <laughs> my favorite episode of lost is um kate's episode i do which you guys already talked about and some other great ones as well but yeah so there's my feedback and um yeah have a lovely i hope you guys have a happy new year And i'm so glad that the podcast is back and i'll see you soon thanks bye
2: um so good to hear her voice (laughs) uh thanks Gemma. um however i do have to correct her i was looking this up as she mentioned this he does in fact according to the lost wiki he does die from that grenade he does not we see him again in season six of flashbacks and flash sideways um but he mikhail does and his death is at the hands of the grenade from blowing up the uh looking glass uh, Cause I was, I could have swore we never saw him again after that. And I just looked, he does not appear again until season six and it's in flash sideways. So, uh, sorry, Gemma, uh, according to the, the wiki, um, he does in fact perish. Yeah. It says, uh, the porthole shattered and water flooded drowning Charlie with Mikhail perishing when the hand grenade detonated. So de- he does Mikhail di- I, I was correct. Mikhail does die from the grenade at the looking glass. So it's not the last time we see the character, but it's the last we see of Mikhail alive in the current timeline. All right. So
3: I have spoken.
2: (laughs) You have spoken. Uh, But thanks, Shema. It's always great to hear your voice when we get to uh, when we get feedback from you.
3: And I heard her kitty. That's what I thought that was, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I heard her kitty cat. So,
2: <laughs> uh, but that brings us to our buddy Steve, who also left a v- uh, left us a piece of voicemail from a uh, man from Tallahassee. So here that is.
0: Hello, Kristen and Ben. This is Steve, and this is for uh, the man from Tallahassee. I guess Florida. Did is, did they ever explain the whole Florida connection? There, I don't know. Um. Anyway, uh just finished watching it and this is a great episode. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in this episode that we learn specifically about John, but we, you know, Jack is still the worst. He's just the worst. He's making a deal (laughs) to leave thinking he's going to be able to come back. And uh, then John plays right into Ben's hands on how he can make sure that Jack stays. But, uh, um, you know all the stuff we learn in this. Even though we don't get all of our regular players, we don't we don't see Hurley. We don't get any uh, any more of the Charlie Desmond stuff. So uh, a very contained episode. Not not a bottle episode. I wouldn't call it that, but definitely a contained episode. Uh, I did love that uh, Richard, uh, Mister Friendly, uh, knew. He says, like, uh, draw and Austin. He doesn't call anybody by their first name. He calls them by their last name. That's, that's kind of a cool kind of character trait uh, from him. And uh, we see some more of the Juliet and Jack interaction. We get to see uh, Alex, and we get to see Rousseau find out that her daughter is alive. And uh, we get to find out that Alex finds out that, uh, that her, her mother is alive. And so a lot of things and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Ben wasn't actually born on the island. Wasn't Ethan the only one that was born on the island? I don't remember now. So uh, can't wait to
2: hear what you guys thought. Uh, Talk to you later. Uh,
3: Can we talk about the fact that Alex was born on the island?
2: Alex was born on the island. And, you know, going further to Steve's point, you're right. Ben was not.
3: And Aaron Ben
2: was not born on the island. Uh, I don't believe Ethan nope. was born on the island. I think he was recruited because we do see him off the island. Um, yeah. I, I think you I think Alex. I, th- I think you're right, Alex. Out of everybody that we saw in this episode, Alex is the only one born on the island. Yeah, Ben was not born on the island. He was brought to the island by his father when his father joined the Dharma Initiative. Yup. Roger Workman.
3: Roger Workman. <laughs> <laughs> It's not workman, it's workman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, Ben was not born on the island, Ethan was not born on the island. You're right. Alex was the only one actually born on the island. Of the group of characters that we see in this episode. hmm So uh cool, but thanks for the uh the feedback, Steve.
3: Thank you, my friend.
2: Uh so that leaves us into the feedback for manifest, in which we're gonna jump uh Steve le- also left us some feedback for that, so let's play that now.
0: Hey Ben and Kristen, it's Steve and I uh, just, watching Manifest I had to stop and, and record this and I'll add on to it when the episode is over, but I literally laughed out loud when Ben said, it's the only thing that makes sense because how much of this is making sense? <laughs> I, mean, I love the show but just when li- that line just hit me, so alright, I'll be back in a minute. Okay, I'm back so it was nice that later in the episode Ben acknowledged that none of this is making sense or, or he said to Michaela, something like We say that a lot. Um so I thought that was that was great. But I don't I don't get why she had to lie to her captain. What I mean, I guess maybe, but it just seemed like you could have very simply said he was on the plane, he's in and so I continued investigating, found the key card. The key card led me to the security office. The security office I saw the guy's boots and then just take it from there as, as it's what detectives do, right? I mean, they take facts and put them together to come to a conclusion. Anyway, it just seemed like she didn't really need to say it was an anonymous tip. She could have just, just, she didn't have to mention the calling. She could have just said what happened. So anyway, I hope they don't pull some kind of a twist where the paternity confirmed test confirmed that it's like Danny's baby, because where would she have gotten Danny's saliva and and to to check the paternity against him, so I hope they don't they don't try to do that uh, at the at the end there i'm glad they found out that the kid was was not the murderer and and why his prints were in her room and stuff so I thought that was really really a cool resolution to it, and of course setting us up for the the rest of uh, the or the next few episodes here at least with uh, with olive and and you know we're suspicious of anybody new in their lives at this point so all right can't wait to hear what you guys thought talk to you
2: later i love him i know we mentioned that i got to i'll mention this again at the end of the podcast but i got to record a podcast with steve and uh his partner his buddy mark um And uh, it was fun. And we got to talk a little bit about the feedback that he leaves and, and everything too. So it's always fun when he gets to leave his feedback for the, uh, for the podcast. I agree. But that leaves us with one final piece of feedback. And this one comes from our friend Jill, who Kristen totally called out last week in having (laughs) never leave us feedback. Uh, (laughs) So apparently all it takes to get you to leave us feedback is we got to call your ass out. So, uh, I haven't listened to this yet either. We're going to be listening to this for the first time together. Here is feedback from my friend Jill.
4: Hi, Ben and Kristen. It's Jill. I'm calling because I was called out on last week's podcast <laughs> for never leaving any feedback. And you're right, I never have. I am sorry for that. But I do love listening to you guys. Um, so, yeah, I just want to basically let you guys know that I am super excited that Manifest is back. I love Manifest Minutes. Um, I think season two started out with a bang, and I hope it continues down that road. i um, really excited to find out where things are going to go. I hope that Bad things are not in the cards for Zeke. I'm really not happy with Jared right now. Um, honestly, I think he's been quite an ass lately, and yep. he needs to just go away. <laughs> um, yep. What else? So, also, Olive... I'm not really a big fan of her attitude. I kind of get it, though, um, especially at the conclusion of the episode this past week, because it's true. If everybody is having this calling now, what does that mean for her? Is she going to be the last one standing? I hope that's not the case. I hope they figure everything out. Um, but, yeah, um, it's funny how much we hated Grace last season. And now I really kind of like her. She's definitely Me, too! <laughs> so I hope that continues as well. Um, I think that's all I have for Manifest right now. I need to rewatch it um, again before the new episode. But again, I just wanted to call and say hey. And also to some of the other listeners, Steve and Des, I love it when you guys call in with your feedback too. It's good to hear from you guys. And Ben and Kristen, love you guys. Talk to you soon. Hi. Yay! <laughs> She's right though.
2: It is, it's. It It is funny how we went from... <laughs> hating grace as much as we did last season to uh to being excited now that you know she's pregnant with ben's baby and we went from hating grace and liking jared to the complete opposite
3: and you know what it is it's all communication it's i like partnerships that are that are not secretive that are open and honest like i think that you don't lose storytelling uh that way. I think that you actually enrich storytelling. You don't need it to be soap opera You don't need it to be this, oh, dun dun dun. I'm not going to tell you my deep dark secret, even though we're married or we're in a relationship. Like, fuck that. Excuse my language. Agree. I'm trying to be better about my language this year.
2: <laughs> All Just right. Just
3: wanted to let you know.
2: We'll see how well that goes.
3: Hey, I uh, have done really well today.
2: You have. That was, I think that's the first swear you've let slip today. I said bullshit once. Oh, well, that's fine. That's fine. That's actually going to come into play a little bit later. I
3: Um,
2: know. um, So uh, with that being said, you know, uh, like Jill mentioned, like she likes hearing the feedback from Dez and Steve and everybody. We like hearing the feedback from everybody. So Mm -hmm. if you do have feedback to leave us, there are multiple ways that you can do that. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Lost Revisited.
3: We are on Facebook. Instagram.
2: <laughs> We're back on Instagram.
3: We're back, baby. <laughs> we are on Instagram at Lost Revisited Pod, which is, I'm <laughs> so excited.
2: Did you say Lost Revisited finally- Pod or Lost Revisited Pod?
3: I said Lost
2: Revisited Pod. Okay. I wasn't sure I missed it.
3: I, I said it. Lost Revisited Pod on Instagram. There is a new post. There's a new post in stories. We're cooking. We're going we're we're going along with Instagram. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> we're cooking with fire. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're also on Twitter at Lost Revisited Pod, which I tweeted this morning.
2: You did indeed. Um you can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com.
3: And if you want to leave us a message, you can always record it and send it in on any one of our platforms. But email it because it'll be easier that way.
2: (laughs) You can do it any (laughs) way you want, but email it. Do it that way. (laughs) Any recommendations from you this week on things for people to check out?
3: I saw Bombshell. This week, and it was amazing. I also saw Just Mercy in the theaters, and that was amazing. Is, Just Mercy was the best book that I read all year last year, and it was so phenomenally well done is, as a movie. Is
2: Just Mercy the one with Jamie Foxx? Yes, okay. and Michael I, B. Jordan. Yes, I wanted to see that, actually. So uh, that's it's that's so good, good to know that it's that good.
3: I Honestly, like. I think it's, it's a great movie on its own. I think that reading the book really enriches the movie. But that's just because I thought the book was so phenomenal. Um, If you haven't read that book, read the book. If you haven't seen the movie, see the movie. If you want to do either or, do either or, do both. Just Get that. Get the Equal Justice Initiative and Brian Stevenson uh, and Walter McMillan. Get those people in your brain because I really think that their story is important and the work that Brian Stevenson has been doing for the past thirty years is really important. And I'm so glad that it's being put out there now.
2: Nice. Yeah, that's a movie I definitely want to see. Um, I haven't read the book, but maybe I'll have to do that as well. Oh, the book's so good. Um. My reckon, how about I, you? I don't really have anything to recommend this week, so instead, I'm going to dive a little deeper into what we talked about at the top of the podcast about the new <laughs> podcast that we have planned. Um, we're really excited so, about this. Um, for those of you listening right now, obviously, you're hearing this a little bit late, later than usual. Um, uh, and that's because we we had a little technical difficulty when we attempted to record before. Uh, and that was on my part. My I was on my laptop instead of my desktop. And my laptop just isn't it, it wasn't up to scratch when it came to recording. We were having I was having issues. But Kristen and I still had a conversation. And in that conversation, Kristen brought up a list of uh, Brad Pitt's movies ranked uh, in which we went over them. And we realized <laughs> a lot of this list, in our opinion, was very, very wrong. Uh, m- m- it <laughs> movies was that bullshit. T- that should have been in the top three were like in the bottom of the list. Movies that were at the top should have been nowhere near the top. Um, and again, this is our opinion, as it was the wrong opinion of the person that wrote the article. Um, and one of the most. And <laughs> one of the most
3: well, we're always one right. Of the most
2: common phrases that came <laughs> up as we were recording, as we were talking about this list, is "this is bullshit." Um, so, I guess so bullshit. was born <laughs> our new podcast, Ben and Kristen present "This is Bullshit," um, in which is it that's bullshit? Okay, no, that's okay. bullshit. All right, so sorry, I. It's that's only been a day And I already forgot what the title is going to be um in which it's basically just going to be us doing things like that we're going to find these lists online uh these lists can be sent to us from from listeners uh and we're going to go over the lists we're going to say where we think they got the list wrong where they think they got the list right give our own opinion of the list uh and anything we think does not belong in the list or is in the wrong spot we're going to tell you exactly what we think that that's bullshit Um, Or just, you know, any subject
3: that we that we think is 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 bullshit.
2: Yeah, that too. (laughs) It could be a movie that got a horrible review that we think deserves a good one. We're going to go over it because that's bullshit. So it's going to be all in good fun. It's not going to be anything too over the top serious. Uh, But it was just an idea that we came up with and and a casual conversation and we're going to run with it.
3: Yeah, and if you like if you like our banter <laughs> where we do go off the rails or we do talk about stuff that doesn't pertain to lost, then you know, you'll probably like this cuz it's just yeah. going to be us talking to each other
2: like we normally do, just pretty much. recording. Yep. Pretty that's pretty accurate. Um <laughs> but I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Yes sir. Uh, oh god, next episode. <sighs> do we really have to do it? <laughs>
3: hey we no. can do it like we did that one episode that we hated oh where yeah we talk about it for like 10 minutes
2: no you know what it's it's going to be interesting because i haven't watched expose in a while so because i usually tend to avoid it maybe i'll find some things about the episode i actually do kind of like or i think are interesting so um no you I won't. won't at all uh, just because i don't like nikki and Paolo, not at all um so it, it'll be interesting to, to hear a discussion of it. But next episode, we are indeed uh, season three, episode 14 expose. And um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But until that time, thank you, as always, for being listeners of the podcast. Thank you for for liking, follow us, following, sending in feedback, all that. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care.
3: Bye.